Welcome back to the Mental Plateau Podcast. I'm Trace Grotra and I'm your host and I'm a junior in high school in Illinois. On today's episode, we engage in a deathful conversation with a well-experienced multi-systemic therapist, Sarah Bright. She shares her in-depth perspective on mental rigidity and how you can help others just by helping yourself. We cover a vast range of topics as we truly attempt to redefine the idea of mental health and how that applies to our social setting. Let's jump right into it. Welcome back, Mental Plateauers. My name is Trace Grotera, and I'm a high schooler on the mission of emphasizing the importance of mental health. As we interview more and more people, we look to see how mental health really arcs over every aspect of our lives. And today, we have the pleasure of inviting Sarah Bright, a well-experienced multi-systemic therapist, for an episode. Let's start with the introduction. You have an impressive background. Would you like to share with our listeners on what you do? Sure. So as you mentioned, my name is Sarah Bright. Um, I received my master's in social work in 2017 from Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. I am a single parent of a toddler and I have been working in some capacity with parents of children of varying ages over the past several years. Um, and working with parents just seems to be my niche. That sounds great. And it's fantastic to hear that you're so connected with your passion. And what was the path you took to get there? Like, what motivated you to become a multisystemic therapist? Yeah, so I unintentionally stumbled upon multisystemic therapy. Um and it ended up being the biggest blessing because I found a model that suits mm-hmm. my goals as a therapist. After yeah. working in child welfare for several years and working with parents on correcting some of the situations that led to the abuse and neglect, I was super burned out. Um, I was going through my own divorce and I was needing to move five hours north to be close to my family and my support system. Um, And I had a clinical supervisor that I was receiving my clinical supervision from because I am working towards my licensed clinical social worker Mm -hmm. um, certification. Um, she just so happened to recommend the MST program for me, and there just so happened to be a office located near exactly where I was moving that was hiring. So I made this huge move, um, and I had to learn about MST very quickly. Um, I wouldn't say I set out to be an MST therapist. I think if you would have told me when I graduated with my MSW that I'd be working with teenagers, I probably would have made a face. (laughs) But I had to get into the model and start working with the families and learning about the challenges that are particular to parents raising teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, to really learn that I'm right where I need to be in my career. Um, so this was a huge risk I took. I'm so glad I took it. That sounds great. Um, 
But as you go through your multi-systemic therapy career, what is one thing that you really feel that you're solving for? What's one thing that you really hold important to yourself? Um, I, I am, I do set out to, you know, help families learn new skills and teenagers learn new skills on how to navigate life. Um, I think something really special about the MST program is you might not see the biggest changes happen. Um, but just like that glimmer of hope that you're able to see with family sometimes or just the smallest thing that changes mm-hmm. is just really something I set out for. Um, sometimes yeah. families, um, you know, raising teenagers just need to see that 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 glimmer of hope. I completely agree with the idea that people need to have that spark of knowing their passion so they can really find it. Um, but mm-hmm. as you previously mentioned, your MST model. So can you define that and how does that affect your mindset as well as approach to your job? Sure. Um, so the therapy model that I practice is a family-focused, evidence-based model. It's designed for teens 12 to 17, struggling with emotional, social, behavioral issues, Um, Some might get verbally, physically aggressive. Some are into drugs and alcohol. Others are destroying property, running away. They need to be able to fit some of that criteria to qualify for the program. Um, The teens we serve also must be in the juvenile justice system, like on probation, or in the child welfare system. Maybe a DCFS case opened up on the family because of their behaviors. Um, And that's just for funding purposes. Um, And then the families are placed in the program to prevent the teenager from being removed from the home. Um, And the model helps the teenagers develop ability to positively modify their behavior as well as teaching the parents the skills and also giving them the resources that they need um, just to independently address the issues that are going on at home so they're not always needing to pull in outside supports we're giving them the skills that they need and also helping them build their support system and how to use their support system and making sure that they're not burning people out and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we also, you know, MST has a philosophy that the family holds the solution to the to the teenagers' problems, um, even if they they want someone to come in and and fix what's what's going on in the home. Really, they most of the time they have the solution right there. Um, also, we also focus on the ecology of the teen as well, like their family, their friends, their um, community that they're in in their school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also focus on placing interventions with. The caregivers, the caregivers are implementing those interventions um, and it just helps improve their discipline practices, um, enhances their family relations, 
also increases association with positive peers for teenagers mm-hmm. um and also just increasing engagement in recreational outlets and sports and stuff like that, that um cool. also you know lastly the model some models of therapy you know have this idea of like the client has to want to change and there's kind of their this open space where well if they don't want to change then you know i guess we'll just have to give up on them but the mst model we do not give up on our families we don't label them as like unmotivated or resistant to treatment or anything like that instead of backing away when families give us pushback or you know are canceling those sessions or maybe they don't want to talk about something that us as therapists have pinpointed mm-hmm. that's when us as the therapist we get even closer yeah. we build that engagement and we dive in deeper instead of Whereas some therapy models would be like, okay, like they're not ready to address that. Um, MSC has a very like head-on approach to that. I really love how you guys don't give up on families because that really shows right. that everyone has the potential to change. Even if even if they don't feel like they can, they still have the ability to be a better self. And one other thing that I really like that you guys mentioned was the ecology of your program. I mean, mm-hmm. that really connects the idea that everybody grows based on their idea of nurture instead of nature like people have the ability to change and grow based on their environment their support system Mm -hmm. as you said which i really like um so moving on to the next question like when you were on a specific case or an assignment what are some goals that you are trying to achieve yeah so when i receive a case i meet with the family two times a week for three to five months so this is a very high intensity but short-term program um and we target their referral behaviors with the family um through implementing those interventions and working along the team's ecology like i mentioned you know we're, yeah. we're not just placing all this pressure on the family to say like you need to fix this no we're we're pulling in the supports we're reaching out helping them reach out to extended family members you know Mm -hmm. maybe we're encouraging them to knock on the neighbor's door that they've never met before yeah you know um so we're really pulling in the ecology to help out with these interventions so it's not so much pressure on the family um, the main goal is to give family the skills that they need to address the behaviors on their own so that yeah. the kids don't need to be removed from the home. Um, so we help families create that long-term change that is sustainable in a very short amount of time. I really like how your program is really adaptive and how it's making sure that like families are able to do what they can do. And especially the idea of, like, using their own environments. Again, like, as you said, knocking on the neighbor's door, just any relative, just to make sure that you have that strong support system. So do you see a correlation between mental health as well as the problems that you're trying to achieve or solve? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I work with mental health every day in my job, Um, whether that is the parent's mental health and how that impacts their parenting 
or whether that's the teen's mental health and how that impacts their negative behaviors going on at home. Um, mental health always finds a way to creep in. Um, I see a lot of diagnoses, but I also, on the other hand, see a lot of signs and symptoms of mental health conditions with yeah. no diagnosis. Um, and that just depends on the family um, and their values and their resources and their knowledge and acceptance about mental health. And, you know, we ask the questions to see how comfortable they are with talking about their mental health. And, you know, if that family is not, you know, maybe we need to come up with different, a different way to like word or phrase what they're going through. So it's not so stigmatizing. For yeah. Them. Um, I would say MST is like no other model when it comes to identifying problems within the family. We literally will call them out to parents, whereas some other models, um, you know, would see that pressuring the family or the therapist wanting to create, you know, the, the therapist creating tension between the family members wouldn't be beneficial. We really... We see something happen in a session, we call it out. For example, um, if over several sessions, I notice a mom is either missing or avoiding sessions because she fell asleep or is sleeping, I would be interested in what is causing that to her, you know, falling asleep during the day mm -hmm. instead of just saying, oh, mom must be tired. Um, especially if the teenager is sneaking out while mom sleeps, maybe we need to check on mom's mental health and find out why she is needing so much sleep during the day. Um, instead of just, you know, labeling mom, like, oh, she's, she's lazy or, you know, I can't believe she fell asleep. You know, let's, let's yeah. really dig down deep into why she falls asleep. Um, as therapists, we often, you know, call out the uncomfortable topics with the families, and it can be really uncomfortable for us as therapists. It kind of like uh, pushes us, you know, or in yeah. our own personal limits as well. Um, but many of the times, it is somehow correlated with the mental health um that they are have been trying to hide. So some of the issues, uncomfortable topics that we explore with families, many of the times it's tied to mental health. Uh, um, so to be able to do this with the family though, this takes excellent rapport building skills. You really need to get close to these families um, and take some time to just talk with them. You know, so I have some yeah. sessions where we don't talk about anything clinical. Mom needs to decompress about what just happened over the weekend and yeah. feel like somebody is there for her. Or maybe I will bring mom a coffee when nobody else asked her how she was doing that day. Yeah. You know, so... Like I said, you need really good rapport building skills to do this with a family and confront families and you need to be persistent and not just when a family tells you, no, I don't want to talk about that, you know, not just leaving it there like, oh, like, I guess that really wasn't, you know, so important, really trusting your therapy skills and 
Like, no, I saw something there. I'm going to bring it up, you know, when mom feels more comfortable or I'm going to say it a different way. Yeah. Um, trusting yourself as a therapist is important. That really signifies that aspect of dedication that it takes to be a multi-systemic yeah. therapist. <laughs> yeah. Like, the fact that you're able to, like, independently adapt to every situation, the fact that you're mm-hmm. going out of the way in order to solve this issue, that really shows that people like you are the people who ensure that everyone has a good support system. People like you are the mm-hmm. ones that make sure that we're able to feel confident in this situation we're in. And I really am mm-hmm. appreciative for people like you. Um, so yeah. mentioning that, do you have any specific stories during your career that have resonated strongly with yourself? Yeah, um, you know, without getting too specific, um, yeah. like I mentioned earlier, you know, I learned early on with the high risk cases that you are not going to see all of the positive changes that you envisioned for a family in three to five months. That takes some years of yeah. hard work with these families to overcome some of the barriers. Um And, you know, I may not have saved every kid, but I know for a fact that I give each and every family that I come into contact with a glimmer of that hope of, you know, what life could be like um, and help them make that some small, you know, just that one small positive change could literally you know be a game changer for somebody and just make their everyday life a little bit easier when they're parenting a teenager 100 percent. that that one small positive change that's really that spark that offsets it all Mm -hmm. um but considering the stressful nature of your job with helping others how do you find time to help yourself and how do you find time to manage your own mental health yeah so as I mentioned earlier, I'm, you know, I'm a single parent um, and being an MST therapist is stressful, but the model allows the therapist to arrange their own schedules as long as they can be available 24-7 to their families. Um, so I am able to build my own schedule and that has been so helpful as a single parent. That's great. Um, you know, I think it's really important to, to involve a support system, especially when you're going through, you know, things like single parenthood and thing, you know, and divorce. So I do have a very strong support system. Um, I make sure I set time for myself every weekend, spending time with my son and my dog. Um, and then also just being out in nature is helpful for me. I also am heavily involved in my church. And like I said, I have a strong support system that that really, you know, helps out with a lot of things. That sounds great. And one thing I also want to emphasize is the idea of support systems. Like, even as myself, being an adolescent, just in high school, I'm able to find my own support system just mm-hmm. by going to peers, going to friends, teachers, really anyone. And that mm-hmm. extends beyond our families. We can go to oh, yeah. students, we can go to peers, and even religious groups, as you mentioned. Any mm-hmm. group that you feel that can help you, that you feel like you're associated with or connected with, can really be 
some of a platform to further boost your mental health, your growth point, and much more. So with the idea of having a support system, what is one piece of evidence that you have for people in my peer community or just adolescents all around the world? Yeah, I would say um, emphasizing the importance of staying connected to a positive community of people. I've emphasized that word positive and not just having that one special friend that you talk with. Um, having people from your community, your sports, uh, coaches, camps, schools, teachers, counselors, family, extended family, you know, positive friends to be around. Have people you can go to for good, solid advice and others that you can go to when you just need somebody to listen to you. And yeah. on top of that, making sure that your support system knows what you need them for and verbalizing that like I just need someone to really talk to right now or hey could you give me some knowledge or advice on this and that way you know the the teen is feeling like they're supported um yeah. I do think that that is one of the most important aspects of teenage life is just having that support system to lean back on because it is hard so um and not just having that one that one friend or you know that certain friend group like it really branch out and um you know include other community members to your support system i completely agree having having a broad and expansive support system is definitely an advantage for not only yourself but people around you because while you feel that you might be oh burdening people with your issues that's not really the situation because while you when you tell people your issues you also make that sense of connection between yourself and them so you're mm -hmm. not only establishing support system for yourself but also for others so i really agree with that importance of having an expansive support system, not only just one person, but to connecting to multiple people throughout your society, throughout your life, and just throughout the day to make sure that, like, throughout the day you're having that continuous check that you're on the right track, both mentally, physically, and so on. So, yep. but yeah, um, with that said, Miss Bray, I really feel that you covered each corner of mental health and multi-systemic <laughs> therapy with a lot of detail. And I truly feel like I learned a lot on how we can not only have an impact on our society, but how we can ensure that we as adolescents and as a future generation are going on the right path. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective and actions towards the significance of mental health. And I hope not only myself, but the Mental Plateau listeners are also able to take away the same message that I was able to learn. Um. And yeah, please remember to listen to more episodes in the future, as well as check out some of the episodes we previously uploaded. And you can find them on Interview, YouTube, as well as Spotify and many other platforms, as the Mental Plateau is now powered by the Humanity Rising Organization. Um, but yeah, with that said, thank you so much, Ms. Bright, for being on today's episode of the Mental Plateau. And remember, to stay healthy as a whole means mental wellness plays a role. Thank you.